This is episode number three on the Follow Your Flow podcast. Now, what's your understanding of menopause? Because that's the topic of this week's episode. Are you hooked into the common societal story that it's all downhill from there? And I wouldn't be surprised if you were because just like menstruation, it is deeply embedded into our way of thinking. And this is why I love this interview so much with my next guest, Jenny Ellis, where she highlights how completely inside out and back to front and twisted we have this phase of life. So what she shares is so refreshing and such a change from the common narrative around menopause. It's super inspiring and most of all, it's actually very real to the point where it actually makes me feel like I actually can't wait to get there when I listen to Jenny speak. So all of you menstruating women out there, do not check out with this episode. You are currently, as we speak, building the foundations for this phase of your life. So super important to understand what is going on here and all of you menopausal and postmenopausal women, this is one that you do not want to miss. Definitely an episode for all women at every stage. Just a, a little word of warning, at the time of the interview, the internet connection was breaking up a little bit, so the audio is not ideal in some parts. But you're going to love the content so much that it is not going to matter. And as always, please remember that the information on these podcasts is of a general nature and is in no way meant for replacing your own personal medical advice. Always check in with your doctor or your medical professional before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Now over to this cracker of an episode. With Jenny Ellis. You're listening to Follow Your Flow, your podcast on all things women's health, menstruation, and fertility. Your host, fertility awareness educator, women's health practitioner, and lover of all things health and healing, brings her wealth of experience along with the real experiences of women and the expertise of health professionals. If you're looking for real and insightful conversations with real women, along with inspiring and lasting ways to improve your health, then you've come to the right place. Here's your host on Follow Your Flow, Sarah Harris. So the topic of menopause. Menopause is something that all women go through and experience with varying degrees of different symptoms that can last for a few months to a number of years. You know, every woman is different in how she experiences menopause. So physiologically, this is a time when a woman's reproductive years have come or are coming to an end and she moves into a new phase of her life. There are many ideas and deeply ingrained societal beliefs around menopause that tend to paint a pretty dull picture of this time for women, giving the impression that she will pretty much go through hell and she may even go a little bit crazy and then essentially shrivel up and perhaps even disappear into ins insignificance. And that might sound a little bit extreme, but I'd say it's a pretty accurate description of a story that has been woven into the fabric of society and taints a woman's image of herself and who she is post-menopause. So important conversations to be having about menopause 
And in light of all of that, my guest on today's episode is complementary health practitioner that has worked with women in integrative health for over 30 years. So she has a wealth of experience to share, as well as her own personal experience. And she's very passionate about supporting women to restore their natural vitality through a deeper connection to who they are and their ability to live true to this in their everyday life. So I'm very pleased to welcome Jenny Ellis to the show. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Sarah. That certainly is a bleak picture that you just painted. (laughs) That's what I was going to ask you is this. You're working on the ground with women every day. You know, how evident is this stigma and negative attitudes towards menopause? Is, is that the way it is? Was that accurate? Uh, I would say absolutely. Um, uh, in particular, I think it's not only is that the experience of many women, not everyone, of course, um, but it's also, I think it's the, general, it's the general attitude that we grow up with from, that we receive from our own mothers. I know I certainly did. You know, my my mum uh, went through quite significant hot flushes and I know, you know, vaginal dryness was an issue for her as well. So there there are some very common symptoms that, um, it, you know, our mothers went through that when you find out about those, it gives you a sense of, oh, my goodness, what I'm, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to get, get to that stage of my life. So it it makes it appear like it's a very unappealing phase. And, you know, I, I certainly, I didn't have that experience, fortunately. I, was, I had a very different experience to my mother, but I certainly, I was certainly indoctrinated, if you like, with those kind of attitudes. So, yes, I, I think they're alive and well. And there's generally a, a sense that once you hit menopause, Pretty much your life is over as a woman. You, you become relatively invisible. You're not looked upon as desirable or sexy anymore. There's usually issues with weight gain. It's when you start to age more rapidly. Um, you know, less capacity to, to be fit, to, to get yourself fit or in shape. And then, of course, the, you know, for many women, the ongoing hot flushes and, and other changes that, that make uh, make you feel less, or easily make you feel less um, sexy or less desirable as a woman. Yeah, and that, that's a pretty accurate description of the symptoms that women experience during this time. And some women can experience those symptoms for a good number of years. And then other, other women, you know, have, you know, very different experience. So, in terms of like, you know, it being passed down from generation to generation, like you were saying, you know, this pretty grim sort of picture of what it's going to be like at this point in a woman's life, why do you feel it is like this? Like, is, is it just simply that, that it's just come down through generation after generation? I think it's partly that, but I also, I also see that we have predominantly a focus on what is physiologically happening for a woman in her body. And, you know, we're, we're coming out of what you could consider some pretty harsh times for women. Previously with World Wars, you know, 
levels of poverty, of disease, illness, all sorts of um, hardships that our probably not so much our parents, but our grandparents and their parents and and so forth, the generations before that have all gone through. So there's there's still to me a, a predominance of focus on the functionality of a woman's body and the physiology of it and not necessarily a deep the deeper aspects of who she is and a connection to herself and her connection to the people around her and the impact that has on the body its function how you know how the physiology goes and how these different stages of a woman's life because we can include in this a woman's period and um, her relationship with that, how that is, and then flowing on into menopause, how those things are impacted by so much more of how we live. You know, today we've probably possibly replaced those those older time hardships with the stresses of modern day living and the kind of stress, rush, push that women are generally in a lot of the time. And the impact that has on the body and therefore you know to me the impact that that then has as a flow-on effect into the the way a woman's body responds to these particular changes um, as well yeah so so would you say that that's how you you approach you know when you're talking to women and your clients about this phase in their life and they're experiencing all of these things would you say that that's the foundational approach that you take is is asking a woman to to look at the quality of the way that she's living as opposed to looking for the the fix that maybe um, that maybe she can get from traditional medical avenues yes absolutely and you know that came through my own experience because i had already begun to look at those things for myself and make a huge adjustments in the way that I lived and experienced a far greater level of health and vitality and connection to myself before I landed in menopause. And it made such a difference to my experience of menopause and was so dramatically different to the way my own mother had experienced it and to the, you know, the things we've been talking about uh, today that it, there was there was no question for me about applying that also or, or beginning to explore that with women who came to see me for the same kinds of issues. And in my experience, you know, I've, I've utilised all, all of the sort of natural remedies and supplements and herbs and things that are available to us for myself and also with, with other women. But really the biggest difference that I've that I have ever um, found has been the changes to lifestyle or what we call lifestyle, but I'm, I'm including in that the relationship we have with ourselves, you know, our level of self-care, self-nurturing, self-love, those kinds of things are very foundational to me in terms of how we live in relationship with ourselves as women that have an enormous impact on these things. So those kind of changes are, are where I where I focus first, because that's where I find the biggest shifts in what a woman experiences uh, in just in general practice. 
Yeah, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And you mentioned too that the menstrual cycle and connecting to that or understanding that you mentioned the link between menstruation and menopause and, you know, the fact that that's actually part of a a much bigger cycle. So would you say that in the support that you have given yourself and, and that you've received through that time of menopause, would you say that you or did you understand and have a relationship with menstruation that was different to, you know, how I guess, you know, the gen- generalized idea of menstruation is for most women, would you say that there was something in that for you that supported you or laid a foundation for the way that you experienced menopause? Absolutely. And I and say to capture that in, in just a, sh- a short few words, really, because it, it was a very significant thing to, to begin to deepen or develop a relationship with my period when I had it that allowed that experimented I guess and and worked with the impact of my lifestyle choices and that connection with myself on how my period played out um, and and what symptoms I might have with that or the changes or the adjustments in even just in the length or of my um, cycle but particularly in how I would feel in the lead up in that premenstrual time that's the you know the key time for many women and then how I felt with the with the actual uh, flow of the period when I had it and then how I felt afterwards and starting to get a sense of myself as very uh, of that relationship and that connection as very pivotal or key in how my period actually played out, what what symptoms I might have. That answer your question? Mm, that's great. That's great. So then when when it came to you um, experiencing those symptoms of menopause, what was what was that like for you then? So if we can get into sort of the detail of like, you know, hot flushes, say for example, did you experience hot flushes and what was it like for you and how did you approach dealing with that? I did have hot flushes at the beginning, but they were so mild initially I didn't realise what they were. Um, so the, I, I still to this day remember the actual day that, that I, I registered menopause start, even though it was a few days after that before I realised what, what I was experiencing. But it was such a gentle, mild flush. It, it was almost just like being slightly, it was just slightly overheated, but, but nothing, nothing uh, particularly bad. And I, the interesting thing was that I, I got to discover there were two types of hot flushes, or for me, there were two types of hot flushes. And there were those very gentle ones, which just felt like a very gentle infusion of of warmth throughout my whole body. And they were actually quite pleasant. They weren't actually unpleasant, um, which I know is not at all the experience of most women when it comes to hot flushes. But then I also discovered that I would have the occasional hot flush or an occasional bout of hot flushes that were more uncomfortable and that had much more of the characteristics of what most women talk about or relay about them, 
where it's a slightly more prickly feeling and maybe a slight, a slight um, sweat. And, you know, where the, the classic, you want to rip you, you, all your clothes off in that moment and then need to put them all back on um, quickly afterwards. So I, but what I discovered the difference between those two types of hot flushes is that the one that was the more dis, dis, um, disturbing one, the, the more typical one, actually would come if I had gotten emotional in some way. So if I'd reacted to something and I was a bit caught up in it, then I'd suddenly start flushing in a way that was more comfortable. And that would continue to happen. I'd keep getting those flushes maybe every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, until I had resolved whatever it was that I'd been caught up in. As long as I was connected with myself and more still inside me, which I already had developed the capacity for, I'd already developed that as a, a sort of a baseline for how I was in my life by that stage. I found the, the hot flushes felt almost like a, a very gentle pull-up to be more, to be more of myself or to be more true to myself or that they had a different quality to them and, a, and I had a different experience with them and I quite, I quite enjoyed them. Uh, it was like this constant being brought back to constant reminder to uh, back to my body, to myself, to, uh, uh, to look after myself, that there was something of significance going on in my body and that I could be responsive to that in a way that wasn't just about managing a flush because I didn't really need to manage those particular types. Um, but, but I could feel that there was something more energetic or more on offer for me in terms of what they were for and not just an inconvenient discomfort that I needed to try and appease in some way. Wow. So this is, this is a whole different way of talking about hot flushes for a start. Um, it's definitely not the, the norm, if you like, um, of how women usually talk about hot flushes. So it's very, yeah, it's just really refreshing to hear your experience of how it potentially could be for women, but then also understanding, bringing the understanding of why it potentially is the way it is for, for a lot of women. And when you're talking about already having that foundation of, you know, really looking after yourself, living with a quality in your body that where you have a relationship with yourself and, and listen to the communication from your body, which is what I'm hearing you say, you know, with, without that, potentially what's happening is where we are overriding constantly and therefore compounding all of this stuff in our body that um, eventually, you know, needs to come out in one way or another. And at the time of menopause, it, it may look like hot flushes. Yeah, look, I, I would say that that's absolutely spot on. And, you know, I've relayed what my experience was, but I've also, but I can say that that has been also my experience with many women that I've seen that as, we've, as I've worked with them and as they've worked to support themselves and, 
and to have that deeper connection with themselves, particularly with a stillness in them, so free of that emotionality and free of the stress in life. So it's like a deeper settlement that, that we can have and that we all know it's not unfamiliar to us, but it's just not what we generally live our lives with because life is so demanding of, of us being so much for it. So it's really the, it's the, as I've worked with women to come back into themselves more and into their bodies more and to, be, to find that settlement and that stillness, it's changed the nature of the flushes and moderated the, the more severe ones considerably. And, and most women at some point will, will relate to the two types of hot flushes that you can actually experience so it has changed enormously not just for me but for many women their experience um, menopause and the other aspect of that is that inherent in that process there's a deeper much deeper ring of the body and what it's going through and it's it's responsiveness to how we live and how we are in life that actually supports a woman to develop a much deeper relationship with herself and to have and hold a much greater value for herself and for a process that is going on and what that might mean for her because it you know it's also my experience that it has a great deal of significance for a woman to go through that transition and it's a transition into another phase of life but it's not a phase of life that's just about okay well now you're on the scrap heap which is sort of how it's viewed that, you know, once you hit menopause, well, you know, well, you, you can't have babies anymore, so what you say, you're there. And you're not going to look that good according to our, you know, the way we've, we've generally viewed it and, and how traditionally it has impacted us. But if that's neither of the, I mean, it's true that we can't, can, can't have children anymore, but it's definitely not true that a woman's body has to just uh, turn to pot so to speak and I've seen you know I see as a result of the sort of changes that I'm talking about in terms of a connection and a relationship with yourself with your body with yourself in life and with others the change the sort of changes that I'm I'm referring to actually enrich life enormously and make that period of of life where you're no longer responsible for mothering and for raising children or bearing children can be an incredible time in life. In fact, it is an incredible time in life with, with the sort of changes that I'm talking about. Yes, so I was going to ask you about what, what menopause is actually about if it's not, you know, the messages and, and what we receive from generation to generation as it typically is what is menopause about but i think you've just answered it but is there anything else you want to say on on what on what it actually is for women well i would probably possibly highlight because i probably skimmed over the the um you know some of those aspects but for me uh, and what i see in in other women is that it's very you know it's it's physiologically, it's a time when you can no longer have children. But that's not just a physiological uh, reality. There's also 
what that means for a woman. And you can say, well, that means she's useful because she can't, can no longer bear a child, so she can't, you know, keep, keep building a family or, or whatever. Um, but you can also look at it from the perspective of she no longer bears the responsibility for raising children or for mothering. And that's a very key thing that I've found is part of what is the, what I call the, or refer to as the energetic shift in menopause is from the responsibility of that childbearing and child rearing to no longer responsible for that. Because generally once a woman hits menopause, her children are usually at least in their teenage years, if not older. Um, I know that can vary quite a bit these days because the age that we have children varies quite a bit. But for the most part, our children are usually older by the time we hit around the age of 50. Um, and, and, you know, once children are teenagers, as we know, of course they still need parenting, they still need guidelines and, and firm boundaries and all of that. But generally, the kind of parenting, the kind of mothering that we have to do when a child is much younger no longer applies when they're that age. So that transition to not ha no longer having that responsibility allows a woman to, in my view, to deepen into herself, to look at what she is and what she brings to everyone around her. And part of that is to no longer be taking responsibility for them because mothering, of course, isn't just of our children. You, you know, I've got, uh, you know, I've had employers, colleagues, I've had friends who mother have tried to mother me. You know, I, I've seen, you know, there are plenty of women who mother their partners, uh, their husbands or even their parents. So mothering is something that we do as an, as an act, as a, as a role we might take on. But when we hit menopause, it's a time when we can actually let that go. And in letting that go, that means we're no longer attached to an outcome or to how somebody is behaving or, or uh, what choices they're making. It's not our responsibility. That freedom from that from being responsible being invested in in something actually allows us to bring a greater much greater level of wisdom or truth to that person which is like a it's like an offering it's a putting it on the table take it or leave it i'm not invested in whether you get it or not but here it is anyway and that clarity of wisdom comes from not having the attachment and the responsibility for the outcome so if that makes sense. So that's, that to me is a very key part of the energetic shift that a woman is making at around in, through, through the tradition of menopause and is, is really, it's like it's, it draws on the, 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 the kind of terminology we've held for older women in the past, you know, the wisdom of, the, of our elders and the fact that traditionally you're supposed to respect your elders and that's not something that should come just because someone is older. It should come because someone has earned that in terms of they are drawing on a greater wisdom and they do offer it with uh, a level of support that holds someone else. 
so that they can step up to their own responsibility to activate whatever it is that is there for them um, rather than the woman taking responsibility for making sure they do or then being impacted if they don't, for example. Is that making sense? Mm, Gosh, absolutely stunning description of what menopause is actually about. What I find interesting, there's a common a common story of women getting to the stage of menopause and having had children potentially, but then not knowing once their children are older and that that responsibility is not there anymore in the way that it had been, women feel often feel a little bit lost at that time because because I guess from what you're saying that there isn't that foundation of a relationship with themselves and then they're being called to deepen that so during this time of menopause but you know it can 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 sometimes throw women into a bit of disarray absolutely and and that's a great point that you've raised because it brings me back to something um, that is worth expanding on a little and that is that you know, we, we get set up when we're younger to have this expectation that we will have children or that we should want to have children. And so when we, and for many women, having children is a, a very powerful experience and also a powerful identifying experience, as in a woman's sense of self-worth may not be that great. And, but as soon as she has children, there's a sense of, done it I've I've had children I belong or I'm worth something now because I'm a mother and that is a very strong investment that we then have running throughout our the time that we mother our children because if we're identified by ourselves as a mother then we also need to be identified as a good mother usually and all of what it means to be a good mother is very dependent on the choices that your children end up making so that, and it's in an interesting point and it's relevant to menopause because it's probably the most key thing that I see that, that I would say is linked to women who experience a lot of difficulty in menopause as in very strong, very debilitating hot flushes and I know they, they can be extremely so, is that the, the strongest energetic Uh, or underlying characteristic is that they have generally been very attached to mothering and may remain very attached to mothering even if their children are quite grown up. They will often be very involved in their children's lives and very reliant or dependent on being that way with them. Either that or there is just a very strong mothering tendency and so they might be very take a lot of responsibility for the people them and be very strong caregivers but at their own expense so so you know the the classic uh woman who has the the, what is it called the burnt chop syndrome that's the classic woman who is just over responsible for everyone else around them for looking after them but she comes last and that attachment which to me grows that comes out of it's not just a feature of menopause. It comes from our, the way society sets women up when they're young 
to not have a strong sense of their own worth and their value inherent in who they are and not in what they do. Therefore, there's also an aspect of women are expected to have children or, or if you don't want to, there's something wrong with you. And that setup sets up an investment and an identification in ourselves as mothers, which makes the transition in menopause quite a difficult one because that has to be let go of. And, and you know, I refer to it as cutting the apron strings. You, if you're going through a transition of menopause, you have to learn to cut the apron strings. And that freeing of yourself is part of what actually allows the process to resolve and, and settle into something that is far more supportive and manageable, if you like, in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, there's also, just to add to your list, which is sort of included in that, is the women who feel the devastation of, of not being able to have children or wanting children and not having children. So that also sets up for perhaps a difficult time and when you get to that transition phase. Yes, absolutely. In fact, though, I would say as a broad, you know, broad stroke, whatever our relationship with ourselves as as women has been throughout our younger years from teenage through through till you know 45 50 is very key it is what comes to the fore and and you know in the the sort of work that i do or the way that i work with women that's always the focus of conversation first um, before we start to look at anything else um, uh, it's always a conversation around what has been their relationship with themselves as a woman from from the beginning and all the way through, and that always holds the key for for a woman in terms of beginning to understand it, resolve it, connect with something more true, and see how her body responds to that. Just feeling how uh, this. This kind of conversation should be should be something that's more common amongst women, and and also feeling too how the approach that we we sort of have in in very many areas of our health that we kind of just need that that quick fix is um, is just really skipping over something very very rich that can support a woman very deeply in her life. Absolutely, yes. Uh, in my experience, that is absolutely key. And, you know, as a, as a naturopath and, you know, having worked in this field for a very long time, you know, I've, I've applied all of those things and I've, I've watched women, you know, try to support themselves as best they can with, with what's available. And, and really, in my experience, HRT is probably the best of it in terms of if you really want a result, then then you pretty much need to resort to HRT um, if your symptoms are bad. And I have, and I'm not averse to that in any way. And I, I've suggested that or supported many women to to go down that path alongside the sort of exploration that I might do with her. Um, and for for many, that their symptoms are much milder and they they don't choose to do that kind of that the, to go down the medical path um, and that's fine too uh, but but as i said at the beginning i i find the support comes from the changes 
in lifestyle and, and particularly in the changes of her internal um, state, her internal state of being, that, that settlement and that stillness is very key for a woman, not only to, to, in my experience, moderate the intensity of the hot flushes, but also to give her a chance to start to connect with what the menopause is actually offering and the shifts and the changes. Because, you know, as you know, if you just stay busy and you just stay constantly stimulated in your life with one this one thing and then the next and then the next, and there's never any stop to get still and to just feel deeply, then you never really connect with what's actually on offer. And... You know, I love the word richness because it's a word that's so seldom used in relation to a menopausal woman or a postmenopausal woman, particularly. That's that is my experience of myself, and that's my experience now of many women who have followed a similar sort of path um, of uh, addressing this or, or working with what menopause actually is. So it's a, it's, it's a time of life that can be extremely rich and, you know, I would even go so far as to say far richer than any of my, my earlier years, you know, and that, that's not to say the earlier years might not have been had I had the opportunity to have that depth then, but that, that depth and that richness can be experienced at any time in in a woman's life not just when she's young or when she has the the vitality that we normally associate with that richness yeah i'm hoping a lot of women listen to this and listen to the way that you're speaking about menopause because it actually makes me you know i mean i'm i would say i'm perimenopausal um in the early stages but definitely makes me look forward to this stage of life which is not necessarily the way that we um, would tend to go but I just wanted to um, wrap it up now and you've just shared so much gold for all of us I just wanted to just see if you can give us a key message or maybe even like the first step so for a woman who has never experienced stillness which is you know a term that you used about the quality a woman can experience in her body or she experiences you know the symptoms of menopause to a degree that is affecting her life or affecting her what would be her first step that she could take to support herself i would say there are there are two parts to that perhaps and the first is to actually spend some time reflecting on perhaps in in conversation with another woman of of a similar sort of stage um but but really uh, any other woman particularly but to spend some time reflecting on what the relationship has been to herself and her experience of being a woman throughout her life so there's some awareness of of how she might have been the that in itself won't be enough because there there isn't something to contrast that with that you know she's lived the life she's lived and she's still in the momentum of that life so to speak but so the other aspect of it has to come from a body the from the body from a connection into the body 
in some way and that's where the stillness is found and that you know if i can give a practical example it used to i used to make sure that i let my body come to a complete settlement first thing in the morning before i got out of bed because i found that the most effective time to actually feel my body very still because i would often wake up quite still and before I went to sleep. So I would give myself time when I went to bed to just lie with, my, with myself, just feeling my body, connecting with it, just very basic body awareness and allowing myself to feel, if I could feel it was in still some momentum of, of stressiness or raciness or if I'd, got, if I'd reacted to something and I was still a bit caught in it, and I would just allow those things to settle and settle and settle. So just, it was, it was, I guess you could say a relaxation process, but it was more than that because I was also feeling what was going on in my body as well. And I would find that if I just stayed with that process for five, 10, sometimes 15 minutes, I would find myself still. And that was such a lovely feeling that it started to give me a contrast with how else I was living. So when I wasn't that still, what was going on for me? Um, so, you know, that, that is a, a practical way to begin a relationship and a connection with yourself through your body. And if you combine that awareness with, that, with the stillness, you get a lot of information, a lot of communication is perhaps a better word a lot of communication from your body about how you're running it about what what you really feel about things what's really going on for you or what you really recognized or uh, understood about something that took place with someone else it's a it's a time that you access wisdom is is how i would capture that that's beautiful great um, practical support for women for all of us so just to wrap it up now, how, how can women get in contact with you if they wanted to or how can they access more of your services and what you offer? What would be the best way for them to do that? Um, probably the simplest way is through my website, which is jennifer-ellis.com. But if you just Google my name, Jenny Ellis in Brisbane, naturopath, you'll, you'll get my website and there's a contact page through there that that anyone can send an email or a, a, um, make a, there's a booking link for booking calendar. But yeah, I can be contacted through there very easily. Fantastic. And I'll put that um, in the show notes um, for anyone to be able to access later. But sure. thank you very much, Jenny, for being on the show. It's been very rich, to say the least. My pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. You're listening to Follow Your Flow podcast with Sarah Harris. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and get in touch. All details on www.followyourflow.com.au slash podcast.